welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. So glad you could be with us again on this Thursday morning or whenever you happen to be uh, taking a moment to listen to us. We're, we're grateful for your uh, partnership as we are committed each week to connecting the dots between a Christian worldview and what's going on in our larger culture. And uh, uh, speaking of what's going on in our larger culture, I got away from our larger culture this last week yeah. and, uh, and, and created a zero culture where I was able to just relax not have to think about anything, and uh, got some good R and R. Did you get some sun? Is it pretty I nice got, down got there? Some sun. Okay. Uh, it was like in the eighties. The nice. sun was out. That big glowing thing in the sky that we don't <laughs> see around here in Indiana. You're too much. your vitamin D for the whole year, <laughs> right there. Oh man, I'm good. I'm feeling so good. And yeah. I sat there poolside and watched uh, a great Living Stones worship service on Sunday. <laughs> our, our worship team was off the charts as always. And uh, I loved your <laughs> u- Bless you, bless you. Yeah, excuse me. I loved your use of uh, some media and we got to see your gymnastics yeah. skills. Yeah, well, it's funny because third <laughs> service, we actually had some gymnasts there. Oh, no way. Uh, uh, and I was tempted to actually ask, because I, I know some of them, like they could probably show off really good. Um, but you know, like you just learn that if people walk away, not a lot of times, not even by what you say, but what they see. No, you're right. So you try to just leave an impression one way or another, you know? You're exactly right. And in fact, this week I pick up the baton from you. We're working through Mark's gospel, and uh, we're talking about how uh, Jesus was the master at uh, parables, uh, visual storytelling. Uh, so yeah. that, that was great. Uh, so you didn't, you know, I noticed you walked into the studio this morning, no yeah. crutches or anything. You did it. Yeah, you know, I was tempted to start preaching from the beam. <laughs> Well, and then I realized three services. So I was like, yeah. yeah second nah. service, you were teasing us. You yeah. said you're not, you, maybe third service. Third I was service, like, maybe I was going to do it. But by third service, you know, my blood sugar is a little low. So I was like, <laughs> I should probably just be wise and actually get back on the stable platform. Well, I can't remember yeah. it if, if we were talking one year about New Year's resolutions or something. But I was, I was preaching. My pulpit was uh, was a treadmill. Because uh, most people have, you know, uh, visions of being healthier in the new yeah. year. And I, I was tempted to actually preach while I walked, but I, I thought better of it. Yeah, bring Trent home to the pulpit. <laughs> yeah. I can just see myself a bigger pulpit. sliding off yeah. the back. You don't pay attention for a second. <laughs> Thud. Yeah. So those are the things as but you get I, older, you start to be like, ah, that's a good idea in my head. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's pretty much where exactly, it ends. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's good. Well, hey, So you didn't take advantage of the gymnast having them come up and work on their No, I thought thing. about it. I thought about it for a second. I was like, ah. Well, Mary and I were watching that video you showed of all the guys crashing and burning, yeah, and then awesome. we realized guys don't do balance beams. That's no, a, that's the that's the point. Even yeah. male gymnasts who have great balance uh, struggle with balance beam if you're not trained. If oh, yeah. you're not trained, then you can't do it. So yeah, it's not just me. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, it was like, yeah, that's right. We don't do balance beam. That's a that's a, no. a woman's event. Anyway, yeah, incredible. Um, but anyway, I was glad to come back. First of all, was, I appreciate all, uh, all of our hard work and our social media team uh, to be able to watch that while we're away. It was great. Uh, and get, let us feel like we're home. And I know we get feedback every week from people who are traveling, and that's such a blessing. Uh, but I wanted to let folks know, kind of in line with what we're talking about here at this kickoff of this new year, Sunday night's going to be uh, what I consider one of my favorite nights of the year uh, for our church family. Yeah. Here at Living Stones is what we call our State of the Church address. It's kind of like the State of the Union, uh, only the State of the Church. And we really go back and just look at what God did in 2022. We celebrate that. And then we start looking ahead for 2023. What is the Holy Spirit saying? What's in our hearts? What are we believing God for? And it kind of falls in the whole line of the, the resolutions and being intentional. You know, we talked a little bit about that last 
Thursday on our podcast, and and really this is the outworking of that because we look at we look at how, where God's brought us, what we believe God for, and of course in there there's always things that we were very intentional about. But what I love about the Lord is there's always things that He surprises us with, and maybe you can relate. There are some things throughout the course of the year you're planning on, you're budgeting, you're believing, you're working, you're reading. But the Lord always throws us some curveballs, and uh, and those curveballs are always uh, make things a lot more fun and enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to pick up where we left off, just by way of uh, talking about intentionality, and uh, and godly resolves. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter one. If someone asked asked me, Pastor, what's the biblical basis for New Year's resolutions? Uh, is there one? I would go straight here to Second Thessalonians one verses eleven and twelve. It says. Uh, to this end, we pray for you that our God may make you worthy of His calling and may fulfill every good resolve, or I'm sorry, every resolve for good, and every work of faith by His power. So, we've got two things working hand in hand here. You got a godly resolve, and you have it mixed with faith. Uh, if you make a resolve but there's no faith, you're not going to get much. And if you just say you have faith but you don't really have a target, you're not going to get much. Those two things really go together hand in glove. And so we came to the conclusion that godly resolves are good, but self-focused resolves end up falling flat. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. We talked about so many of the resolves kind of center around me, making me the better version of me, and that doesn't always work so good. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times faith is really a, a our daily walk with the Lord. You know, sometimes I think people faith, think faith is just like, I randomly going to believe in something really hard and hopefully that will come true. Yeah, yeah. And whereas I, I think resolving faith sometimes comes hand in hand because faith comes from a daily habit of listening to the Lord, walking with Him, knowing Him, yeah. interacting with Him, hearing His voice. And you need a resolve to do that because yeah. we get so distracted so easily. Yeah. You need a resolve to have the faith. And when the Lord speaks to you about a certain topic, a certain issue, then, then yeah, it's, this is not just a pie in the sky. This is a, a, something that God's tangibly leading, guiding you in it. And it's going to take some faith. It's going to take some risk. And it's going to take some uncertainty. Yeah. And you take resolve to walk through those paths. So like you said, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think sometimes we, we, we lose sight of what we resolve because, you know, if you're after the six-pack, that's great. You're going to do your sit-ups, and you're going to work on your core because you're going after the six-pack. But at the end of the day, what difference does your six-pack make in the larger world, you know, or in the kingdom? Um, not a lot. And so I think, again, these whole, all these focuses on me, 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 a better me end up falling flat because I'm not that exciting. I'm not that big. I'm not that worthy of my full investment. Uh, and I think it kind of gets back to the point we made, too, that really resolutions are about stewardship. Who, who, who is it that God made you? What has he called you to do? And how are you partnering with him for things that really matter, not only now, but eternally? Mm -hmm. That's better than just trying to get a ripple. You know, I, I always tell people, I got a six-pack under there. I just can't see it anymore. I got yeah. more like a kegger going on in my belly. But there's things more important than my six-pack. Well, I think you, you make a good point. I mean, a lot of our personal improvement resolves are... Um, are just swayed by the culture. It's kind of what people say. Make yeah. new, new Year resolutions become such a trendy topic. Whereas, like I said to people, like for me, I guess if you don't never have a resolution, this is a good time to start. But man, the Lord's always giving us new challenges and new yeah. and new pushes and new visions and revelation. That's why I don't wait to the New Year's for a resolution. I feel like I make a new resolution all the time. The key is to follow through. 
Yeah. And, and again, tying to your daily call, tying to your whole holistic journey is it's key. It's not just this trendy one-time thing of self-improvement. It's like, no, what is God's call yeah. for us in the larger picture, and how can I fulfill this vision that God's given us? Building it into a lifestyle. I like what you talked about last week, too, about kind of a routine. You know, these things just don't happen. you got to make choices, and uh, you got to... You got to put things into your schedule, and then you got to follow through, and you got to be disciplined. Yeah. I like the the balance we find with the Apostle Paul on this whole idea of partnership between the Lord and us, between having faith and then having resolves and actually working toward those. This is First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse ten. Paul says, um, "But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them." Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. This is this is an amazing passage because Paul's saying he's not doing it in his own strength. He's doing it by the grace of God. But yet on the other hand, he says, I'm working harder than anybody. Well, this is kind of hit the, the point I preach on Sunday is that this is that tension, that balance you have to you have to kind of write, right? Yeah, on yeah. one hand is self-achievement and self-determination. On the other hand is this uh, other dependence on the grace of God. Yeah. And and Jesus is able to walk that balance perfectly. And, and we're called to walk that balance. And some of us leans more grace and more faith. And I'm just going to believe, but I'm going I'm to sit on my couch while I'm believing. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and some, uh, some, someone else might lean more self-determination, but then they kind of forget about God. Yeah. And Paul has, again, a great balance yeah. of resolving to work hard. I mean, Paul was a hard worker. If you yeah. read the book of Acts, man, he worked hard. Yeah. But he has his utter dependence. And God also helped him by giving a little thorn in the side, just to, just to kind of keep him humble, yeah, too. Yeah. That, that a connecting point to keep him coming back. And yeah. I love what he says. He, he, he wants to make sure that um, the grace of God is not in vain. God's grace towards him, not in vain. In other words, God has all these resources that he wants us to access and this is good, maybe a good reminder for those of us that are really looking at some significant change, wanting transformation, wanting to be more available to the Lord. You know, it's the superabundant grace that's available that Paul says, don't make it something that's used in vain or not used at all, wasted. Uh, make sure we learn how to access the grace of God. Well, I, and I think that's one of my, you know, key parables in the Bible when you talk about the parable of talents. You know, we in America, just by comparison. I don't care who you are. You living in the United States of America have been given so much grace, access to resource, opportunity, challenges. Yeah, it's not all equal. Everyone is not all equal, but just compared to everyone else in the world, we have been given so much grace. Yeah. And that in itself, as a Christian, says we need, above all the things, we need to be working so hard to steward the time, the resource, the luxury that we have, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and I think Paul really hits on that. Yeah, no, that's good. And none of this works, which kind of leads us to our second point. You're not going to move forward if you simply believe that you're destined to fail, you know? And as we said, there's a lot of people that go to one or two extremes. Either you have this self-improvement optimism that you're going to be the best you, or you just, on the other side, you're like, ah, it's not going to work anyway. I'm not even going to try. It didn't work last time. It's not yeah. going to work anymore. Right. Yeah, and you just you just have this, this expectation of failure, which is another thing that I think is using the grace of God in vain. We should not have an expectation for failure in the church. And yet... Many churches have very small visions. They don't take any risk. Uh, they play it safe. Uh, and, um, and if anybody does have enough courage to step out in faith, there's 10 people ready to you know, cl clobber them on the head and knock them back down, put them in his place. I love the, uh, the passage in the Bible. It talks about the power of belief. Uh, of course, we all have read uh, about the 12 spies and, and uh, Caleb and Joshua who had a different spirit about them. But the Bible says... 
uh, Caleb quieted the people. They were all in an uproar. And uh, he said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able. They gave a directly opposite report. We're not able to go up against the people, for they're stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of, the, of Israel a bad report of the land uh, that they had spied out, saying, the land which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. All the people that we saw are of great height. And they saw the Nephilim, and they said, we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. This is crazy to me in that you have a situation where people can go through the same journey, same experience, same promises from God, and yet have two completely different uh, outcomes. Uh, and the sad thing is, I've seen this to be true, if you believe you can do it, you will. If you believe that you can't do it, you will. Yeah, I mean, you won't be able to do it. Uh, whatever your expectations are and whatever your beliefs are almost become self-fulfilling prophecies. So as we're going through life, and I know we, we've seen this uh, even as we approach certain things here at Living Stones, you know, for instance, we all live in the same America. We all read the same news. Um, uh, we all experience the same, you know, economic realities, um, whatever the challenges are. Uh, but you can look at two different people or two different churches. How they respond to what's going on can be night and day. Mm -hmm. And you could have two different, com completely different outcomes based on simply the expectation of either we're going to succeed or we're going to fail. Again, back to the power of beliefs. Yeah. Um, Caleb says, let's take it now. We can conquer it. Uh, and the other guys say, we can't. They're too strong. The land devours us. The people are huge. There's giants in the land. Um, and so it goes right back to the biblical truth, uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. This is a great way for us to kind of pause here because uh, we all need to look at what's really going on inside of our hearts. What are we saying to ourselves? What do we believe about our situation? Uh, because it makes, it makes a massive, massive difference. Um, I, I think a lot of times the problem is we don't, asked ourselves that question, what do we believe of ourselves? We basically formulate our belief about ourselves based on what everyone else says about us. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, there's no shame and guilt trying to put on people for that because a lot of times that's formulated at birth. Your parents will say something to you about you and you just, as a kid, you just like, okay, that's yeah. who I am. And then you, you grow up with that paradigm, right? Yeah. So even when someone says, hey, you know, you've been told you're ugly your whole life by your parents, by your friends, by your grandparents, whatever it is. And then someone says, oh, you're beautiful. You're just like, that doesn't even... Right, doesn't even, it, it doesn't, doesn't even get through. Yeah. You're a loser your whole life. You know, someone's like, you're really talented in this. It doesn't even yeah. get through. And I think that is the power of words, and that's the power of these determinations. So I think very rarely do our people even have to have to have the ability to have level of self-awareness and objectivity to be like, you know what? Who did God really say I am? Yeah. You know, what do I speak to myself, you know? Well, I don't know about you, but... I just appreciate having people around me when I sit down and say, hey, you know, speaking of my life, um, what am I doing well? Where do I need to improve? How can I be a better leader? Um, what do you see in me? Uh, whether it's yourself, uh, Matt, others on our team that say, hey, um, I really see this happening, or I think we can take this podcast and do this differently, or your best, uh, you know, your greatest blessing or strength to the church family is X, Y, or Z. Um, that's helpful to me because I think we can get lost, you know, in the, you know, among the giants. You feel like, who am I? Do I, really, do I really have much to offer? That type of perspective. And I think it's interesting, you know, Caleb and Joshua, they, they only needed each other. 
to believe in each other and spur each other on, and they accomplished great things. And then you got the other 10 who also formed a, uh, an echo chamber, and, right. and it was all negative and, and all cynical and all jaded. Well, I think from the perspective, you know, I think Caleb and Joshua and obviously Moses, they're anomalies because the rest of the Israelites, I mean, how many generations were they living under the oppression of Pharaoh? So they've been told for hundreds of years. Yeah. And you and I experienced some of these countries in East Asia, which after, you know, like Cambodia, after uh, horrific things happens to their people, generations, and as a nation, they have been beaten down. And again, speaking life and courage and creativity in, in that is very, very difficult yeah, because yeah. nationally they, they've been beaten down and, and it takes a courageous for a reformational voice to come and say, hey, have courage. And I think that's a lot of what happened to Israelites. I mean, for for years and years, they were slaves. Yeah. <laughs> All they're good for is to make bricks, yeah. you know? And you know, when you're a slave, the, the blessing of being a slave is you, you have to take zero responsibility for your life. You, you wake up, what are you gonna do today? You're gonna make bricks. Right. Um, and unfortunately, th this is the warped way that we get shaped by our culture. Um, sometimes people would rather be a slave because it's comfortable to them than assume responsibility for a life that's their own. Right. Um, and um, and you bring up a good point. I think the gift that America brings to the nations is this whole idea of liberty is something that has taken root in our country. You know that that in a government by the people uh, f for the people, uh, we we just have a different view of the way the world works. Um, we have a different view of government. We have a different view of, of freedom and dreaming. You know, what we bring when we go to these countries, that if, if, imagine if you're a slave, you've never had the freedom or privilege of dreaming. Like, what would you like to do with your life? That, that for 400 years, yeah. nobody's thought that no thought. No one asked that question. And right. then all of a sudden you're told, hey, we, God's gonna take you into the promised right, land. Right. And, 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 and you can do it. And here's the promise from the Lord. And you're going to have your own land and you're going to have your own house and you're going to have your own garden and you're going to eat your own food and you're going you're to be able to create and dream and, and really be who God called you to be after 400 years of, of never even having that thought enter your mind. You can imagine how you know, in bondage these people were internally, not just externally. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the, that's the biggest bondage. It's not even external. It's really in your mind. And God literally has said, this mentality is so toxic that I cannot have this mentality in the promised land. So I have to let this mentality die out yeah. of 40 years wandering in the wilderness so that whole generation has died and their kids have a brand new mindset. They're not living in Egypt anymore yeah. to say this new generation can now occupy the promised land. That, that's, that is an amazing thought right there, 40 years. Same thing with Moses, 40 years, backside yeah. of the desert. Yeah. Um, it takes a long time to kill these things in our minds. And maybe that's a good word of encouragement to somebody watching today. You know, our growth and our transformation are not usually in giant leaps. They're usually in little baby steps, and it takes time. That's why we encourage you, you know, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on other people. Uh, keep believing the word of the Lord. Keep believing God's promises. Keep believing that the Lord is, is at work in all of us to change all of us. Well, I think that's why the Caleb and the Joshua's are so special. Because yeah. they, they are able to break through. They, let, they never let that spark of creativity, of courage, of risk, of trusting God die in their heart. And they become the leaders. Yeah. And, and that's why you know, we need leaders like that who are able to see above the mundane to say, hey, they're disruptive yeah. to the, to the well, status quo. Well, and that was the sad thing, uh, was that they had already made a plan. Uh, to, you know, I, I had her in my notes. 
that they were more comfortable being slaves uh, than with the scary thought of being owners. At the thought of change, they cried, they wept, they blamed God, they crossed a thousand bridges that didn't exist. They formed a committee to stone Caleb and Joshua, and they began organizing their return trip to Egypt. All of that happened simply by uh, hearing and receiving into their hearts a bad report that that tied all the way back into their we have no belief in ourselves and we have no belief in and, God. And Ben's message is a powerful message on socialism and liberty, you know, yeah. of, of slavery, like the whole thing like, you know, you own nothing and be happy. I forgot who, whoever, what globalist said that, whatever the idea. You know, it's like, oh, you guys were content being slaves and let the leaders rule you. Yeah. Whereas the spirit of the gospel and the spirit of Joshua and Caleb is like, no, we'd rather be free men and yeah. then be slaves and be comfortable. Yeah. We want to be free, and we, we don't want our kids to be slaves. We don't want our kids to be put in a box. We want to honor God with our lives, and that is the gospel. So that's the kingdom of God yeah. himself. Well, you bring up a good point, because you talk about that, that slavery kind of totalitarian mindset. They're saying, they're looking at what they were had for dinner with such glowing terms. Yeah. You know, they're eating boiled yeah. vegetables. Um, and they're like, man, back in Egypt, right? They're, yeah. think, they're, they're thinking of their bellies. And it's really a sad state. When, when you see human beings who have lost their belief in God, their intentionality, their, their responsibility, the sense of stewarding their lives, you go right back down to where all you care about is what's for dinner. Uh, you, you know, yeah. I just want to contend and be leisure. I have access to my social media. My internet's working. I don't need to create. I don't need to take risks. I don't need to take ownership. I'll just do whatever the government tells me or whatever mass media tells me and follow the line, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and that, that, I guess that's a challenge for all of us because even in the church, we can become uh, slaves. And when somebody comes along and says, hey, let's believe God for this, it's almost like people want to stone that person for simply wanting to believe God. Yeah. Uh, the cynicism runs really, really deep. And um, I think, you know, I just want to tap into this because we talk about resolutions. We've all gone through disappointment. And it's important to remember that the, the past and your disappointments only exist in your mind. They're, they're, not, they're not here. They're not part of our life right now, to, except to the degree that we choose to perpetuate the, the memories. And so some of us need to just let go of past failures and realize it's a new day. And God is at work. His grace is there. Don't, don't uh, leave it out in vain. Keep working hard. Uh, and keep moving forward. You know, cynicism uh, is a form of self-protection. So when, when you go up to somebody and say, hey, uh, let's believe God we can pay the, the expansion off in cash, a cynic will right away shoot you down. And it's been said, the cynics say, you know, pop their own bubbles before somebody, or their own balloons before somebody else has a chance to pop them. Um, there's always people like that that will shoot, you know, shoot you down and, and, uh, and shoot down your ideas and shoot down your dreams. Uh, that's why I think it's so important to hang around with people of the same tribe. We use that language a lot around here at Living Stones. Don't be a part of the balloon-popping tribe, you know, and don't be a part of popping somebody else's balloons uh, and their dreams. I, I think that's an issue, to me, really, of the balance, because I also see people with all kind of vision and talk, right. and then they never put feet to it because they haven't counted the cost. So it's interesting. Jesus asked, that, asked us to have faith, but he also says before you build a tower, before you go to war, count the costs. Yeah. Make sure you know where you're signing up for. Yeah. Well, like so. we talked about, self-awareness is huge. And if I'm, if I'm saying, hey, you guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the Chicago Bulls basketball team this year. I'm so excited. I'm going to train. I'm going to work hard. You know, I would hope that somebody would say, pastor, pastor, 
mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to make the Chicago Bulls. Well, man. I mean, for me, it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm here with like business guys who wants to start their own business. Right, it's right. like, it's like I, I am never going to be the one who's going to be like, eh, you can't do it. But, but I'm going to sit down with them and say, hey, that's, I think you can do it. Let's, let's sit down. Let's have a business plan. Yeah. Let's talk about how much cash you have. Let's talk about these practical things. Right. Because, because What's your strategy to what, get where you want to be? It gives you the next step to take those step by step. So, so to me, you need a balance of reality to say, hey, this is what you have to do. If you have your own business, it means you have to get up and you have to do this and you have to do this yourself. Are you able to do that before you quit your day job? You know, no, Maybe think through that first. Well, you're not popping, you're popping my butt. Well, I'm not. I'm actually believing you, but I'm believing you by telling you these are the practical steps to take next right and it man having people like that in your life is such a valuable valuable asset so you're not living off in la la land of i can do anything and but you're also not shooting yourself in the foot popping your own bubbles and living in this self-destructive world and that's what draws me it's like those people who are like they're not going to make a judgment they're going to say hey i'm going to help you i'm going to help you connect the dots to say Take, let's take action. And I think God's called us, like even when everything said, Paul, he's an action taker. He's a doer. He doesn't just talk about it. Yeah, but the doing, and I think this is our point just to, as a reminder, the doing starts in a belief in your mind that simply says, I, I believe I can do this. I, I believe with the Lord I can do this. I believe with discipline, with with help, by the grace of God, I can do this. And and we've all seen these are, these are practical examples of limiting beliefs. Um, we talk about, for instance, the... Uh, invisible fence right yeah there, there's no fence out there but those dogs have been trained all they have to do is hear that little beep and in their mind they know that if they take a few more steps there's pain that's going to be happening um or i've seen the 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 fish the fishbowl illustration where you have a giant aquarium and you have a, a clear glass here well the fish keep bumping their heads into the glass and they and they they realize oh i cannot make it through and then you take the glass out and those fish will never go farther than where that glass sheet was because in their minds, it is an invisible barrier that, that tells them that you can't go any farther. I think we have a lot of those invisible glass barriers, glass ceilings uh, in our hearts that keep us from even trying to do new things, let alone right. you know, uh, great things. I, I think that's the takeaway is that the prison in our mind is often way more... Uh, Captivating, way more powerful than yeah. than the, the physical external prisons that's put on us. Yeah. yeah. Well, how about the mind, the the the, the uh, mile barrier? Remember before there, what was it, the four minute mile, breaking the four minute mile? Mm-hmm. Uh, no one could do that. In fact, they said if you tried to do that, it could it could kill you. It could be right. hazardous to your health. And then as soon as uh, I think his name was Roger Bannister, I believe, as soon as he broke that that four minute mile barrier. Right after that, a number of other people did, but that had been in place for I don't know how long, all, all of history. Right. Uh, and then that was something where people said, "No, you can do that." Or the sound barrier, you know, if you if you reach the speed of, of sound, your plane will blow up, you know. And but somebody had to be willing to break the barrier. Right. And uh, and those are always the people that help us get get past our sense of uh, uh, of limit self limitation, and we need those people in our lives. You know, I was a. Uh, I just made a list, and maybe maybe it'd be helpful for our listeners to make a list at some point to pause and uh, and to deal with the scarcity mentality in your mind. Where is it that you just believe you can't, or that God's not enough, or that God God can't, or that God won't, or you know those types of things? I would do this, but like, what are those? What are the limiting beliefs? And I sat down at one point and wrote out my top five limiting beliefs. And maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you should create your own list and begin attacking these things. 
Number one, I, I said I'm just too busy. I, I would like to do that, but I'm too busy. Uh, in fact, let me be more specific. People have said to me over the years, Pastor Ron, you need to write a book. You need, uh, when is your book coming out? And, you know, blah, 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 which I take that as a compliment. And, and this is when I sat down and I said, what are my limiting thoughts as to why I can't write a book? Number one, I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. Number two, too few resources. Uh, number three, too few skills, I'm just not skill. Uh, number four, nothing to say or to add. Not that I don't have something to say, but what I have to say might not be new. Uh, so why say it? Uh, and then lack of ability. Like, I'm just, I, I'm just not good when I sit down and try to, to write. So mm -hmm. th those were five beliefs that I had that are acting to keep me caged in a box as it relates to being able to write a book. Now, that's just as it relates to that thing. But if you think about whatever your goal is or your challenge is, and then pause for a minute and say, what am I telling myself about actually attempting to do that, mm -hmm. those are the, you'll identify your limiting beliefs that way. Mm -hmm. And you actually have to do that uh, because you'll never get any farther until you address those, you know? Yep. I love God's question to Moses. Moses had all these excuses, right? And God simply said to him, you know, what's in your hand? Um, as you pointed out, we don't live in a land of scarcity. The fact, you know, too few resources, too few skills, all these are excuses, basically, that I had in my mind. None of them are true. We have resources. We have help. We have, you know, all kinds of things around us to help us to do what we really want to do. The, the question is, are we cynical? Uh, and do we, first of all, need to come back to the conviction that uh, I can succeed. And yeah. I think that's that's the biggest thing. That's good. Um, I love what uh, what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10.35, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Uh, boy, if you believe you can, mm -hmm. then you can. I was listening to some of these pro quarterbacks who were all world in, in college, right? And then they go to the pros and it's a whole new game. Um, one of the guys that was talking was uh, the quarterback of the uh, Dolphins, who's a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, uh, uh, Tua, with a nice, long uh, uh, Hawaiian last name, Tagliavoa, or whatever his name is. But he was saying that um, when he came to the pros, he had just a crisis in his confidence, and he got around a coach who just simply said, hey, you're a great quarterback, and you absolutely have what it takes to be very successful in this league. Because, you know, you get all the negative Twitter and the social media sure. and people hating you and you have one bad game and everybody's writing you off. Throw the bum out. Why do we have this guy? And I, that's all you get constantly. Uh, you get the 10 spies surrounding you, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he said, you know, I started listening to people who had my best interest and who really believed in me. And when you get your confidence back, then you get your strength back. And when you get your strength back, you can go out and accomplish your goals. So sometimes it's just having people around you. And that's why I guess I love the local church so much and why I love the relationships that we have uh, with our church family. Because when you get surrounded by people who love you, who believe in you, who care for you, who will tell you the truth, not because they hate you or they're trying to hurt you, but because they help you and they want, they want you to succeed, they'll ask you hard questions. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been one of those friends of my life over the years that, you know, helped me just hone in on who I am and where, and, and where I need to grow and, and what you see in me. And uh, you've made me a better person, a better leader. Uh, and I'm just grateful for those voices around me, not voices that just are rah-rah voices all the time. You need, you just need encouragers, but you also need people to say, okay, now let's roll up our sleeves and mm -hmm. how do we get there? Right. And, uh, and you've been one of those people, you know, in my life. So I, I appreciate that. And I want to also encourage us. I don't alone get to just enjoy all of this. Find if you're not 
part of our church family or not part of locally, get in a great church of people who believe God and who love you and believe in you. You know, when I got back, I had a couple of things. I had a couple of letters waiting for me. Uh, one was a, a nice handwritten letter from a mutual friend of ours who just, it was, a, it was two pages of heart gush. She was just saying, thank you uh, and, and the church family at Living Stones for always being there for me, always challenging me, always speaking the truth, challenging me to, to, to be a better husband, a, a better father, a better, a better man. Um, and, uh, and I thought, wow, that was really, really cool. You know, it was, again, two pages of heart gush. Um, I, I get messages every week from people who are saying, uh, either, I mean, one lady uh, couldn't make the church service last Sunday. She was at home. She was dealing with a problem with her knee or something where she had to be on crutches. And during the service, God healed her. Mm. And she got up, and there's no pain in her knee. Um, I love being a part of an environment like that when where people just experience the blessing of being a, in a tribe of people who so, are supportive and who really say, let's, let's do that. We can do this together. And that, to go back to where we started, that's what's going to happen Sunday night is look what God's done. Look at what we've been able to accomplish with him. And now let's believe and ask and seek him for what he wants to do with us in 2023. That, that is, in a nutshell, the reason why I am a perpetual optimist as it relates to the kingdom, because God's always up to something good. He's got amazing resources. He has no limitations, and he invites us to join him. What a cool, what a cool gig! Yeah, and he's he's the one who's ultimately in control. Doesn't matter what scheming politicians or whatever. It doesn't matter. God's always in control. At the end of the day, we see that yeah. over history, over and over again. So, Amen. So, hey, if you're watching this, this is providential as well. You can do it. Uh, you have amazing resources. Uh, you have amazing gifts God's given you. What is it? What are the dreams that God's put in your heart? What are the kingdom dreams of partnership uh, where the Lord's inviting you to join Him? Uh, and none of this will happen if we don't deal with, again, the power of belief. So we hope this is helpful. Be intentional uh, about what you're doing and be able to begin limiting those uh, or be able to focus on those limiting beliefs that are keeping you back. And let's be people of the word. Let's believe God. Let's let, let's let his report be our report. And uh, let's go take the land this year and see what God's going to do. Thanks so much for tuning in. Well, I look forward to seeing you next week.